Let's pray together. God of creation, God of salvation, God of transformation, thank you for this beautiful day. When we get to come together, we come with questions on our hearts. Help us to find answers to those questions in your everlasting love. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Believe me, I don't ever take this for granted, and I hope that you don't either. As I, I said in our peacemaking workshop last week at the library, peace is a choice, not a fact. And we could say the same way that faith is a choice, not a fact. So thank you for choosing faith today, even if your faith isn't so sure. Faith, it's a beautiful choice, amen? No matter what. And I'm especially grateful for you being here on this World Communion Sunday, when we help to celebrate the rebirth of Christianity all over this earth, in the hearts of people who are being led fearlessly by amazing new Christian leaders. And I'm also grateful that like these new Christians all around the world and their leaders, you come here to seek out joy in the face of adversity, hope in the face of darkness, love in the face of hurt and challenges. It's not all smooth, and smooth sailing out there, right? As beautiful as God's creation is, as wonderful as our God of love can be, life can be baffling. And we can go looking for answers to tough questions that life brings us. Our skin is only half a millimeter thick, after all. We're delicate beings. You put us on the surface of Mars? I don't think we last but a minute or so. Leave plants without food and water for a few days, and they, they figure the way through it well enough. And if you try the same thing with us, we, we don't do as well, do we? Why? Why is it so easy for us to suffer? Why are there great tidal waves that kill hundreds of thousands of people and spare others? Why do we lose loved ones to illness or accidents or war or terrorism when others live? Why are innocent people persecuted all over this earth and even in our homes? And perhaps most important for people seeking answers, why does an all-powerful God who loves us allow such suffering to happen? Why? Why? We have a right and a responsibility as people of faith to ask these questions. We promise people hope, love, joy, and peace from a life of faith, and we want to be true to our promises. We want to be responsible people who don't lie about what it is that God does and what God wants. We don't want our hearts or anyone else's hearts to turn bitter without hope from God because we promised them false hopes from faith. And if we're to be true to our God and our faith, we must be willing to answer life's toughest questions of why, not just once, but again and again, because life will always offer us new questions with answers that can challenge us as 
humble creations of God. This sermon and my next three sermons will focus on how God looks at us, helps us to look at these big questions that people bring to God. Many people struggle with bringing life's tough questions to God, don't we? Some of us may have grown up with ideas about who and what God is that can keep us from wanting to ask such questions of God. Maybe we were told something hurtful about what God wanted to do to us because of what we had done, or because of what someone had done to us. Maybe no one ever really gave us a deep sense that God was really there to listen to us. And if you have these hesitations, these doubts, these moments of bitterness, and don't worry, you're not alone. We know this because the Bible tells us so. And the Bible tells us how we can overcome our hesitations and our doubts. In the Hebrew Bible, we meet a man named Job. Job was a prosperous man. Job was a faithful man. Job loved God deeply. People looked at Job. And they said to themselves, look at how Job loves God, and God loves Job. He has wealth, health, a wonderful family. God rewards Job. And the angels in heaven, and even some angels below the heaven, saw this too. And some of the angels who visited earth approached God one day and said to God, Job loves you so very much, God, doesn't he? But would Job still love you if you took all those things away, suffered everything bad, instead of enjoying everything good? And Job did not want Job to suffer. God loved Job. But those angels who've been walking around on the earth saw how fragile people are. They knew how easy it is for us to mistake our good fortune for God's love, and our bad fortune for God's hate. Was Job just another one of those people? Would Job turn away from God if he were to suffer the loss of everything good in his life? Was Job's love for God really free? Or did God's love, Job's love for God, depend on how life treated Job? This is a tough question. One that makes us ask ourselves, does God really not want us to suffer? In the book that we're reading now in our faith groups, Adam Hamilton, the author, writes about how when he was younger, he thought that the Bible was a story about how people who loved God would not suffer. But as his faith matured, he began to realize that this was really not the story of the Bible. Instead, he began to realize that in many ways, the Bible is a story about people who refused to let go of their faith in spite of their innocent suffering. I think that Adam Hamilton makes a good point. Maybe our assumptions about how God owes us answers for suffering are misplaced. Maybe what we need to do is to look more deeply 
at the questions that we expect God to answer. Is suffering ever God's will for us? Is suffering in this life ever God's punishment? Is what we or other people have to endure something that God has set against us because of our sins? On the surface, these are the questions that we want God to answer. But hidden behind these questions lie a deeper question that we want answered, right? If we suffer, how can we trust that God really loves us? We want to love God, but as fragile people in God's creation with skin as thin as tissue and hearts that break, what we really want to ask God is, God, do you really love me? The story of Job gives us powerful answers to this deeper question. One thing you'll notice as you read this story is that God never denies God's love for Job. And God never says that God wants to punish Job. God admired how Job held on to his integrity. God admired Job's love for God. But God knew that the worldly angels were asking if Job had the integrity to love God no matter what, the way that God loved Job no matter what. Could Job choose love in the middle of everything bad that life could offer? And God knew the answer to that question. There's no real love unless we choose to love. And there's no real choice to love unless we have chosen to love in spite of everything that could make us not want to love. So what the angels were asking God is, could Job, in spite of his human weakness, choose to love God the way that God loved Job? Did Job really have faith in God's love? And we'll see how Job answers our many questions over the next few weeks, but as Christians, we know that God has already answered this question, right? Can a human, weak, and prone to suffer by our very nature have the power to love God as God loves us no matter what? And our answer as Christians to this question is simple. Through faith in Jesus Christ, yes, it is possible. Through faith in the God who suffered innocently, as us, with us, and for us, we know that God wants to help us to love the way that God loves. Why do pure people suffer? Because God knows through Jesus that even God with the purest power and love must suffer on this earth if pure love is really to be pure love. And we know how hard that can be through our own suffering, through the suffering of loved ones, through the suffering that we see in God's world, we know that to love in the face of suffering can be the hardest thing of all to do as a human being. And we're right to think and feel that suffering is hard. Because without thinking and feeling that it's hard, we lose our ability to love and choose love Love that gives us our fundamental integrity 
as creations of God, who loved us enough to make us, to suffer as one of us, to die for us, and to offer us new life, now and forever. On this World Communion Sunday, we can be thankful for this love born of faith that we share with Christians around the world. Many of them are growing the world's faith in Christ in the face of unthinkable suffering. Christians in Syria, Iraq, Egypt, China, India, Russia, Africa, and many more places are being persecuted simply because they have the integrity to love our God in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And they're growing the faith of the world as an age has passed. These are people whose love for God and Jesus provide them with the integrity of Job, born not of an easy life, a life of good fortune, but a faith born from bedrock strength and integrity of true, deep, and abiding Christian faith. Why do people suffer? Because we are God's creations, who through faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, can choose to love as God loves in Christ, no matter what. The love of God that comes to us through faith in Jesus Christ can lead us to the full integrity of God's love so that we can continue to answer this question and all questions with the hope of Christian love as our salvation, no matter what. Amen. It's time now for the prayers of the people when we lift up our joys and concerns, our feelings and our hopes. We pray for Mary Stent receiving hip surgery, or she is recovering from hip surgery. Please pray for Mary Stent's healing. We pray for good biopsy from Jane. We pray that that is all turning out well. We pray for Jerry Rocca Priori, who is ill, and we hold him in our hearts for you and hope. Um, I know that there are people right here among us who are hurting. And we pray for your healing and hope as well, in body and in the spirit. There's more on the page before I Okay. Except this week's prayer is at the top. Please forgive me. We start with Evelyn. No. Keep going. I'll do it from the bottom of prayers for Forrest Minor as he recovers from hip surgery. And blessings for Rachel and Andy who get who got married last Sunday, just like that apparently. She was at our chili cook-off the night before and didn't tell me. I guess the chili inspired her to uh, get with it. And a prayer for strength for Renee while caring for her dying grandfather. <coughs> and we'll pray for Evelyn White. We pray for people in our community also. We don't forget that we're part of a body of people who pray everywhere. My Lord, please forgive me for my sins. Love you. Wow. That's a good prayer to prayer. Pray every day. Thank you so much.
Let's pray. Good God, gracious God, you have heard the prayers of the people. You have heard joys and sorrows. You have heard calls for healing, calls for mending hearts who have been broken through death and grieving. You've heard the people crying out to love you as you love us. And we have heard from the world on this World Communion Sunday prayers of joy of people discovering that Christ lives in their hearts. Help us to come together on this World Communion Sunday. Help us to be one people in Christ around the world, touching all lives, even those lives who do not understand or yet know the name of the Lord. Help us to treat them all with the compassion of our Lord who suffered, even the children who come unto him. We are all one body as your creation. Bless us all as your creation, we pray. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. We do have a blessed Lord, a generous Lord, a giving Lord. And so we thank the Lord for the work of the church at this time, including the World Communion Sunday work through the United Methodist Church at this time as we present our tithes and offerings to the glory of God's work in this place. hope and love from our Lord, and I pray that some of your questions are answered, or that you have better questions. And in that spirit, let's try to keep our charge to keep together this week. Let's say it together. God invites us to live a life of hope, built on the integrity of a heart that trusts in God no matter what. We don't have to understand God perfectly to live God's way. We just have to be perfectly willing to trust God and move forward, so let us move. Thank you so much. And now, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine God's face upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up God's countenance 
even upon little of us, and grant us peace, now and forever. And may the people so loved by God say, Amen! Amen.